The Angry Chicken is a production of AMove TV. Bookmark AMove.tv for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via patreon.com slash TAC. about Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken. Greetings and welcome back everyone to the Angry Chicken, the podcast all about Hearthstone. I'm Garrett, she's Joss, and Dills is absent today. But that's that's okay, we are here to be your duo guide through the land of Warrior Stone. <laughs> It's not quite that bad, and I'm sure it's going to be Mage Stone now after the weekend's events. It is in my games at home, Jocelyn. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, there's uh, there's some esports to talk about today. There's Hall of Fame replacement cards being not so subtly hinted at. We've got uh, Battle 5 being... Uh, <laughs> Just a bad place to host your tournament if you don't want your deck list leaked. Uh, we're yeah. also going to talk about Freeze Mage, probably take a crazy game story, and then end on an email. But before we do all of that, we're here to talk about the only tournament bigger than Masters Tour Las Vegas, and that's the Angriest Chicken Open, because that happened over the weekend. Dills, who sadly can't be here today to congratulate everyone himself, uh, held down the fort through Battlefy also being a bastard to him. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and uh and saw the tournament through to completion so big old fat congratulations to inspire for winning the rise of taco the angriest chicken open for rise of shadows uh congrats on your win inspire and now everyone else turn your ears on if you played in the angriest chicken open and you're not sure if you won a pack or not Ears on, because I'm about to list off the names of folks who you need to go to your battle net and check for my friend request so that I can give you some packs. Inspire, I'm assuming you know that you want some packs, but <laughs> also Glasswalker, Rocket Sauce, Orpheus, Rival Annie, and Cheeseburger. If I called out your battle tag, you competed in the Angriest Chicken Open this weekend. Uh, congratulations, you have won 15 Hearthstone packs I have sent out friend requests as of this morning, and we have to be Battle.net friends for three days. I know we're real friends in real life, but as far as Battle.net is concerned, I can't gift you packs until we've been friends for three days. I don't know why exactly, but I love the battle tag rocket sauce. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It just, I just love it. (laughs) I I put that on everything I eat. Everything, Jocelyn. Um, yeah, yeah. So, congrats, everybody. My favorite was just cheeseburger because that's like the most literal battle tag I've seen in a while. <laughs> What's your battle tag, cheeseburger? I feel like maybe cheeseburger names things like I name things where he just goes, hmm, what do I like? I like cheeseburgers. All if, right. If that's that my battle case, tag. If that was the case, every podcast I did, all of my handles and, and all of my car, every car I've ever had would be named pizza. 
It's not a bad. I mean, there's a streamer named Pizza. There's nothing wrong with naming things like that. Oh, Hajikumo in the chat room says he thinks Garrett as a friend is a good enough reward. There you go. Oh, thank you, Hachikumo. But yeah, uh, everyone, you won packs. Check your friends list. There should be a request from me. My battle tag is simply Garrett. So uh, it, if it's from pizza, it's an imposter. And hopefully they'll gift you pizza, but they're not going to gift you cards. Most likely. Look for Garrett. <laughs> accept my friend request. And three days after you accept it, I'll send you some cards. Anyways, uh, we've got some good news, everyone. The Masters Tour Las Vegas uh, happened and wrapped up over the weekend, giving us our first major tour stop with uh, the new Hearthstone esports format. And uh, if you needed a format refresher, uh, all matches were best of three. It was specialist. Day one was a Swiss round, uh, and day two, uh, well, continued that, and then eventually it went down to a group stage, and then it went down to a top four bracket, so on and so forth. But Jocelyn, I want to know if you like Mage, because if you like Mage, you'll like Group A, because it was all Mage. <laughs> it was uh, 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 it was Mage versus Mage, and then Mage versus Mage, with a winner's match of Mage versus Mage and a loser's match of Mage versus Mage. Yeah, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of Mage in this tournament, and I'm still kind of on the fence about specialists. It's not my favorite thing to watch necessarily because I know that it's. Um, I, I think we saw this more in the Masters Tour than we had seen in Grandmasters so far because our Grandmasters are always preparing for their specific opponent as opposed to preparing for a field. So I think that preparing for a specific opponent has a lot of really interesting potential tech choices and, and decisions to be made based on how you like the research you do on them, how you know that they play, but you can't really do that in a field of what was it like 283, I think is the number that's stuck in my head. That might be right. Might be wrong, but it was almost 300 competitors. So then you start to just kind of prepare for whatever the big archetype is that you think is going to be there. And we'll talk about the whole battle leak later on, but it kind of means that basically your primary deck is the one that you're going to be trying to tech for what you think you're going to see the most so that when you go into that first match, you're going to get that first win. And then your secondary and tertiaries are kind of for like the tech against the other two biggest archetypes you think you're going to see. So in a tour stop format, it felt to me like there was less interesting tech choices, I guess, because basically it's like you had your primary match. Both players have to play their primary deck. And then after that, they just switch to whatever they like, whatever their tech deck was essentially for, you know, versus rogue versus warrior versus mage, whatever. And that kind of made it a little bit less interesting because like there was never any like swapping after match, like after the first match, when they then decided what they were, how they were going to play for the rest of the series, then it didn't really change again. So it was, uh, a little bit less interesting. I miss... Okay, so I miss Conquest and Last Hero Standing for the four class lineups, but I very much like the fact that the they can fit so many rounds in because I think that like watching things and having rounds finished in half an hour, 40 minutes, like that was... That was great. I thought that was better. And the way that they use some of the recorded matches, though I feel like they should have watched some of the recorded matches before they put them on stream. But 
I think having the recorded matches there to kind of um, lessen the breaks, like still giving the players breaks, but not breaking the broadcast. I think that was a good choice as well. And this specialist best of three format allows them to do that. So pros and cons, I think from this weekend, but uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I watched it, so couldn't have been all bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, 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 um, I don't think it's for me. I, I don't think specialist is for me after this weekend. Um, it, I've been, on and off more off than on in my enjoyment of specialist and uh, you know, having an entire group of mages and having mostly an, uh, an entire upper end of the tournament be only three classes uh, really just bored me at the end of the day. I, um, <laughs> and I, I guess it's, it's part of the, it's the double-edged sword of specialist. Cause you go back a few episodes, you'll hear me kind of talk about how I like that. It's a more accurate representation of kind of the hearthstone that we play at home with ladder where, you know, we, you know, it's, it's you versus another class and, and do your best. And a lot of mm-hmm. us tend to stick with uh, an archetype for a little bit, because when you deck hop, you tend to not do as well because you're not going to be as experienced with all of the decks that you're playing. Um, the, and what, yeah, what yeah, I liked I about I don't think specialist is um, like not skillful. It's just uh, not as interesting for me as a viewer. I think it's definitely a competitive format for sure. I'm not, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, that. I don't have, yeah, that's, that's not, I'm not going to call that into question at all. Like I'm not sitting here being like, Oh, it's not, it's not competitive enough. Like it clearly is. It's just, I don't find it very interesting to watch over long periods of time. Um, I just found myself constantly kind of just zoning out. Uh, watching this because I felt like I was just seeing the same stuff over and over again. And um, as someone who doesn't particularly like mirror matches, when you get a mirror match, it's a lot of freaking mirror matches. <laughs> um, it's uh, and yeah, so it, I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because I liked it in the early days. Cause I'm like, cool. I like Hunter. I like Paladin. I'm going to watch the people that are playing that. But if it comes down to that, uh, mul- even in this case, multiple classes that I find interesting, none of them were in the top. <laughs> I, I had to sit there. If I didn't like watching Mage, Rogue, or Warrior, I was up Shit's Creek in terms of uh, things that would I would have found interesting to me. And uh, Yeah, and so, I think Warrior and Rogue, we've seen a whole lot of over the past few weeks of Grandmasters. And then, you know, Mage has been rising in popularity, but it was all over the place at this tournament. Like you said, Group A was all Mages. So it was a... Once we got into the top eight, it was just like mage and mage and mage. There's a mage in every match. <laughs> and that got a little bit, well, I guess, except for Hypno versus Gallon, right? Because they were two, the two warriors. But it just, it felt like it was just, there was just mages all the time. We were just always watching mages. So, um, and like you mentioned, Garrett and Hachikumo in the chat room is mentioning that specialist provides casters a chance to shine because they need to analyze the choices made by each player. But I found the more of the tournament I watched, the more repetitive that got because, you know, the the best tech choices had been made by the top players who made it through. And then there's only so many times you can say, oh, well, they teched Big Game Hunter because Mage has giants. Okay, you said that 20 times now in three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I, know, um... like... I, yeah. I, same thing, uh, except if, if for me, it was if I have to hear about how many bombs are in the deck one more time, I'm going to <laughs> scream. I was just done. And, and it's part of that. I like in the, 
when I started noticing it early on, I was like, okay, this is great because it lets the caster shine, but also it's a little murky. I would rather the game itself be telling me this information and not necessarily need the caster. Like, I don't want the caster to be out of a job. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I don't, it, it, there, there's so much of it that is, I think, a, it's it's less apparent. It's less visual. The, the game isn't telling you as much, uh, even down to the format. Like, I, I find it strange that, you know, if, say if I'm watching live and I tune in and it's game two or three, I have no way of knowing what deck they're using, what they teched in, what they teched out. It would be very difficult to display that information on the screen, but can we try? I don't, I don't need to stare at the players' faces the entire game. Uh, can we have something maybe cycle in or out? Uh, just that alone was something that kind of kind of you know, started to irritate me because um, this is it. We, we, we've had we've had enough specialists at this point. Uh, this is the first major event, so I'm kind of I'm here. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and give up points for production value anymore. I know they can do a good production. Uh, so what we, you know, why, what, what is kind of rubbing me wrong here outside of just me as a Hearthstone player wanting to see the classes I enjoy playing represented, um, which I was I'm trying my best and failing on this program to meter. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of other like little things that kind of rub me the wrong way as well. Yeah, and I, I like what you're saying about um, being able to display some of the the deck differences and things like that, and you know, in in line with the actual um, gameplay that's that's happening, because it was hard to keep track of. And the other thing about specialists is, like, with so few cards, even when they switch decks, sometimes you don't necessarily even get to see them draw those those cards, and you know, even just to drive the conversation a little bit more. I don't know. I, I feel like there's still across the board, some work to be done with the format and with the um, dissemination of information, I guess, <laughs> from, from the format, from the players, from the caster, just everything. Um, it's, it is new. So I'm willing to, to cut them a little bit of slack, but um, it's not getting me as excited as, as last year's stuff did, but I will say I enjoyed the masters tour stop like a hundred times more than grandmasters. Grandmasters is fine, but I don't watch it week to week. I watch a match here and there, but it doesn't like pull me in because it's just, it's has, I think grandmasters kind of has the same problem as tours had uh, last year, just that, it's on all the freaking time. So like, I don't want to watch that much Hearthstone. It's literally Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every week, except for this last week. Cause we had Las Vegas. So it's just, uh, yeah, I can't stay interested in specialist week to week. I, I, I've done, I'm with you there as well. I like, I guess I like it a little bit more than last year in terms of just keeping up with, uh, matches that didn't feel as important. Uh, and, mm. that, and that's what this is, right? Like, like for me, it's 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 difficult uh, to stay invested for over this long a period of time with really any sport, um, uh, even even StarCraft, which I've really been enjoying. I I, I fell mm. off of the most recent GLCL season just because I got busy. <laughs> I watched like yeah. every game of, of season one, and then right behind it was season two, and I'm like, oh man, I forgot how how close they stack these. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and with 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 Hearthstone, we haven't even had a major Grandmasters event yet. It's just game after game. I'm like, okay, can we, can we have like a showdown for like someone to get knocked out or something already? And at the, and and I know we talked about that at the at the announcement of Grandmasters. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can we have 
more potential for you to get knocked out and new players to come in. And that was me talking out of fairness. Now I'm just talking at, out of my own entertainment value. Can we please offer some players up as sacrificial lambs so that I'm interested? Yeah. And, and I mean, again, we talked about this with the, with the announcement originally, I am a hundred percent in the relegate more players boat. I think that we should be relegating, you know, like four players. And I think that we shouldn't wait a whole season to do that, especially when you have grandmasters competing in the masters tour and the way that they are deciding if you get relegated or not, or the, the spots open for relegation are open to the people who win the most money in the masters tour. So that can be grandmasters too. So I think if they have the opportunity to compete in masters tour to earn, like to, to save themselves basically from relegation, then open up more spots, let them compete aside of uh, aside everybody else. I don't think four out of 16 in each region is too much at all, considering they have the chance to save themselves all year long. So I think more relegations would be better. It would definitely spice, spice things up. I mean, I'm sure if I was a grandmaster player, I might have a different, uh, a different opinion. Oh, of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to get a thousand dollars a week? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, after this tournament, I, I just it didn't really do much for me. It, it it didn't definitely didn't do anything to alleviate kind of a sense of staleness I have been feeling over the past couple of weeks with specialists. Um, Which is crazy because it's the new hotness. It's the new format. Like <laughs> if yeah. it's, if you're feeling like burnt out and stale on specialists already, I feel like people got burnt out on last year's standing, and then we got conquest. People got burnt out on conquest. That's fine, but it I feel like it didn't happen weeks in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I felt like larger ripple or smaller ripples were felt in a larger fashion with that because of so many decks were involved. You noticed the more interesting things were just bound to happen because at that point it's a numbers game. Uh, you're just going to see some some whack job decks show up because there's so many decks being played. Whereas mm-hmm. here we're we're while well, we're specializing. So um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really. It, it's it's strange uh, for me. Because I, I don't really have a way, any suggestion on how to fix it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really know how to make it better. Um, because obviously the state of the meta, uh, you know, the health uh, and and uh, competitiveness of all of the top archetypes plays a really big role. Um, and I even saw, I think it might have been Hachikumo again, or someone else in the chat room mentioning that, like, you know, hey, the, the meta isn't in a place to really kind of amplify a format like this. And, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but, but Hearthstone ebbs and flows over the whole history of Hearthstone. There have been healthy metas and not so healthy metas and everything in between. And we're going to have those that's going to continue. There's just no way you're going to have like a perfect specialist meta at all times. I don't think that's a realistic goal. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, is this, is this sustainable? Um, if a lot of fans agree with maybe your, yours and my sentiments here, you know, we, I wish Dills was here because he seems to be enjoying it a lot more than I am. But. Yeah, and I think uh, the probably specialist format is definitely most impacted by the meta. Like it, it shines a really bright light on balance issues in a way that, like, as much as uh, last year, Standing on Conquest had decks that were dominant. It's like you still had to bring another three or four and you could ban something. So we didn't see too much of the crazy dominant deck. So it allowed for some of the balance issues to, um, 
be a little more subtle, I guess. But with specialists, it's just like balance issues, bad meta, blah, in your face. And that doesn't feel so good. <laughs> Garrett, you're, you're yep, muted. Totally muted. Totally muted. <laughs> yep. It's been a day, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, not sure what else to say other than there was a lot of mage and we're going to talk about mage later in the show, specifically yeah. dogs mage deck. Yes, because dog won. Did we even say that? Yay, dog! Uh, no, no, we didn't. Uh, but yeah, congrats to dog. Uh, I was glad to see him win. Um, and uh, boy, that really shores up uh, his chances of staying in Grandmasters. Absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, that's, again, like we mentioned, um, taking Masters Tour money winnings and using that to figure out who's going to get the two spots for relegation when they happen means basically if you come first or second in a master's tour, especially if the person who is ahead of you, so let's say you come second, if the person who came first is not in your region, then that bodes even better for you, right? So if we have like an NA winner and an EU second place person, then those are the two highest winners of their region. So it's... uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much there's no way dog's going home. Dog will not be relegated. He will be back again next season, which I'm not 100% sure when that happens. But when it happens, dog will be back. So We still don't even know what the Grandmasters finals are going to be look like, take place when or We know that they're place. in November, so that would say to me blizzcon it would be kind of crazy if they had everybody traveling to california for blizzcon anyways and then they were like oh guess what grandmasters finals are gonna be two weeks later also in california anybody want to come back (laughs) no blizzard no (laughs) (laughs) i would find that very unlikely if they did that yeah Um, so i so i think since it's flagged for november that to me says Hearthstone Esports is coming back to BlizzCon, which I think is a really, really good thing because it sucked to have Hearthstone like relegated off into that like North Hall off on all by itself. And yeah, and and to have, I mean, they had global games there, but it did not draw the crowd that uh, HCT did. So I'm glad that they're bringing it back to BlizzCon, or at least it looks like they're bringing it back to BlizzCon. I mean, it still may be there uh, in that side hall, which again was odd although there are so many side halls now for blizzcon that it's kind of becoming a more of a normal thing but because it was also the global games which felt like a second rate competition compared to the championship tour like those things kind of compounded um Mm -hmm. i mean every time i poked my head in there it just felt like there was no one there No, there was like I think I I think I mentioned after BlizzCon last year, maybe in the in the episode that we recorded when we were actually at BlizzCon, um, I had to leave the Hearthstone Hall because they had the AC cranked up as if the place was full and it was so cold I couldn't stay in the hall because there's no body heat. (laughs) It was really bad. It was really bad. But you know, it is what it is. I, it looks like they're going to come back to BlizzCon, and I think that that will draw a lot of people in, and that will be good. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they end up doing with all of this, because the other thing is, too, they said that they weren't going to change anything while all of the stuff for Vegas was going on, but that they were open to, you know, feedback and criticisms and all that kind of stuff post-Vegas. So if you guys do have any questions, comments, thoughts, or whatever, then uh, definitely go and post them on the forums or Reddit or Twitter. I mean, lots and lots of people are very much like there and listening and everything else the team five is there so 
apparently Dills is here, so I'm going to have to pull the brake. And we are back, plus one Willie Dills. Welcome uh, yes. back, dude. Um, hey, so we just talked about Master Tour Las Vegas and uh, TLDR, if you missed it, buddy, is that uh, Joss and I are kind of both not really sold on specialists after this event. Mm. Where do you fall? Uh, well, I think this was a... I think this was a win for specialist. I don't think that it's like a we've solidified specialist as a good format, but I do think that this tournament overall was uh, like better than expected from, from me anyway, with, with, as regards to, to specialist. Um, <clears throat> I think you do see the limitations of it and you also saw the benefits of it. Right. So the limitations of it being, there was zero priests and very few shaman and very few, like any of the other classes. Uh, most of the form, like most of the tournament was warrior. And then I don't know if you guys talked about the leaks, but the that's next. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, there were, there, there were because of Battlefy, there were, uh, there were classes and deck lists that were leaked before people had to lock them in. And because of the fact that you saw there were so many warriors, uh, apparently dog who actually won the tournament switched from an OTK paladin to the mage deck that ended up then winning the tournament. This is a huge problem <laughs> with specialists is that, Oh, I see that everyone's playing warrior. I'm going to counter it specifically with this deck. And uh, he chose a deck that kind of can't be countered back by warrior. Like warrior can't really, find five cards in a secondary or tertiary list to counter what he had. Right. So basically it was like, he's going to beat all the warriors, although he did lose twice to, to a warrior, but that being said, like we, Hearthstone happens. Well, uh, I was going to say, said, yeah, even when you say a deck is favored, you're still yeah, talking like 60, 40 there. There's still like 40 say rock, paper, scissors, I'm, like yeah. rock a hundred percent beat scissors, but <laughs> like mage, no matter what doesn't a hundred percent beat warrior. Right. You know, there's 30 cards that have to be drawn and played. Uh, but so, you know, like in, in a five card secondary tertiary deck, you can't necessarily straight up counter the, uh, the other deck. So he put himself in a really nice position because of the fact that it was specialist. And in conquest, that deck would have gotten one win against the warrior. And then he would have had to get two more wins with something else. Right. So like there, there I think is the limitation. Now that being said, I still think it's a win for the specialist format because uh, we actually had, we had three days of Hearthstone that were actually really interesting and intense with this format. And I'm not a hundred percent sure though, if that's specialist itself or if that's because of, yeah, because of the meta specifically, because I find um, bomb warrior with where the bombs are shuffled in creates a lot of really interesting tense moments and potential like play arounds, like filling your hand and burning the bomb, that kind of stuff. And then on the flip side of that, we had a lot of mages that had with conjurers calling a lot of interesting nail biting decision points as well. So I, but if we were in last year's San Diego conquest, we would have both those decks. So like, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, like so I don't, I, I think I don't Hearthstone think that, right now is super interesting and I just don't know how much of that comes down to the specialist format itself. I, well, I'm not saying the specialist made those things happen. What I'm saying is those things still happened in a specialist format. Like it, specialist didn't make Hearthstone suck to watch. Right. Which yeah. I think that's why I'm saying it was like a win for the format is because when I looked at specialists early on, I was like, this is not going to be fun for me to watch. I still had fun watching. 
parse them, right? And and so specialists didn't didn't suck the excitement and energy out of it. And for it not to have sucked the excitement and energy out of it is important. Also, specialists did give us moments like Dog's tertiary deck having deranged Doctor in it, uh, which then actually won him a game in the finals. Uh, like that kind of like there would never be a deranged doctor in any of his three decks he would bring for conquest. Right. So like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is interesting. So there is, there is, there are things happening that are interesting. Is it a better format overall that I still don't, I can't say yes or no to, right? Like I still think that I enjoyed the finals of last year's world championship more than I enjoyed this finals. And is that a format thing or is that just because of the way the decks worked and all? I, I, I can't say. Yeah. I think it's but, still too new to judge. Exactly. Like that's my, my point is like, when I say it's a win, I'm not saying like specialist is the best. Let's go <laughs> specialist everywhere. Every specialist hater sucks. Like, no, what I'm saying is like, it actually worked and it was okay. And it was still a fun. It's not a loss. And if it's not a loss, it's not it's a, a loss. loss. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it very well could have been that this tournament just, just blue chunks and we watched it and we were like, Oh my God, specialist fell flat on its face. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm saying. It's like, there's it's, I'm not saying like there's one side or the other for sure. What I'm saying is like, it did work. It's just, I'm not convinced that it's better. I'm not convinced that it's worse. I, I'm kind of feeling like I, I remember there was an announcement. They said that they were going to reevaluate specialist. Yeah. Um, after Vegas. Yeah. And I think it definitely needs to be reevaluated because I'm not sure this is going to work every single time there's like an expansion in an unbalanced expansion. This is going to fall flat on its face. I think like you need to have these balance changes that they've been doing mm-hmm. for it to work. And thankfully they did because if this had been all warrior mirror matches, I'm oh sure people would have turned it off. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've been playing Control Warrior because HS Replay and my stats tell me it's my best deck. And uh, I'm really not having fun playing it. Like, I played four games last night when I got home off work. And then I immediately turned on Magic the Gathering Arena because I was like, I, because I played against three other Warriors in that <laughs> span of time. And I was just like, I'm not having fun playing games that take 30 minutes, right? And I'm not having fun going to fatigue and then rolling a Luciana and seeing what happens. Uh, so, you know, I, I will say though, real quick, this is my last like hot take on this. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, the whole mirror match thing, I think mirror matches are interesting. Uh, I, I don't like the argument that like mirror matches just aren't interesting. Cause I think they are like, basically if you watch basketball or hockey or football, you're watching like a bunch of mirror matches, right? Like, yeah. Oh my uh, God, they put 11 football players against yeah. 11 football players. But, yeah, I don't, I do 100 of them aren't 100 <laughs> well, of them in a tournament aren't no, well, well, yeah. What I'm saying though, is like in, in Hearthstone and card games, uh, specifically mirror matches get boring because they're repetitive. It's like, there's a reason why like you don't want them in a card game and like, it's fine in basketball. Right. But like, it's just in a card game, you do need variety because you need to see, the full set of cards, right? You don't want to see the same 30 cards over and over and over again. Uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's just like a, a, a like a, a comical hot take on the mirror match thing. But anyway, yeah, 
Yeah. So um, I, we've spent so much time on it already. It's 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 pretty well known news that the decks were leaked through Battlefy's API. Um, yes. I, I don't I don't want to spend too much more time on on Vegas, but that's a, a serious issue as you already brought up. Dills. Yeah, th- this is basically, this is like, to me, if anything happened with this tournament, it's the nail in the coffin on Blizzard not developing a tournament system. 100%. And even, not even like necessarily tournament mode. Sorry, guys. I know we're not supposed to talk about it anymore, but even their choice of third party partner, because the difference. Yeah, yeah. Between Battlefy and Smash is that Battlefy's API is closed, which means it's not open to everyone to be um, like uh, bug tested, crowdsource bug tested, basically. So Smash GG puts their API along with all their documentation out to the public. So when bugs are found, they can be fixed. Battlefy does not, which means that exploits in their system, if they don't find it or if they don't pass on the um i guess the the discovery to the devs which seems to be what happened in this case because the issue the exploit that allowed uh classes and then archetypes to be leaked was something that had been reported not by not by hearthstone admins but by shadowverse admins months ago and they just never fixed it so it kind of calls into question every tournament that's been run on Battlefy, which includes all of the Blizzard qualifiers for Vegas and Seoul up to this point. They've well, now yeah. like how many times has this happened where somebody didn't post on Twitter because exactly. this time somebody kind of used it for clout, right? Like that's, yeah. that's how this like got out there to the world was uh, somebody so someone said, Hey, here's all the classes for Vegas. Yeah. Somebody did API card. calls, found yeah. all the classes and everything posted yeah. it on Twitter before the classes were locked. And like was basically like, hey, check it out. Here's what's gonna happen in at Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. And, and all the players were like, yo, dude, my deck isn't locked yet. Like, yeah. Why are you posting about this? And, and I think that's kind of where it all blew up. Yeah. The worst thing I think to come out of all of this is Battlefy's tone deaf response that they were basically oh, after <laughs> after the tournament had already started. Then Battlefy posted and said, we're investigating this issue. They posted again on day two of the tournament and said competitive integrity was not impacted by the leaks because the amount of players who changed their decks were the amount of players they would expect to see, except the stats that they used to figure that out didn't include anybody making changes to their primary, secondary and tertiary decks in terms of like saying, okay, my tertiary deck that targeted warrior is now going to be my primary deck. Cause most people are bringing warrior and that makes more sense. So I have to play with primary every time. And it also didn't get people who hadn't locked their deck, hadn't locked any deck in. So they only looked for deck changes of which there were very few in terms or sorry, not deck changes. They looked for like class changes, class they looked changes. For class yeah. changes and didn't see a lot so they, they said, said oh competitive integrity norm. is fine within the yeah. norm what within norm the norm yeah if there had been no leak or whatever right and then By like the within minutes of dog winning they were like oh competitive integrity was compromised we're sorry <laughs> well okay so you can't say like that would dog wouldn't have won or whatever right but I no, mean, no, i'm not saying anything bad about dog he played well yeah. you know like but, but you can't say that competitive integrity was maintained. Yeah, no, you definitely can't say that. I know. <laughs> like they're the, these are two super extremes. I don't even understand like what member of their social media team decided it was okay to type 
no impact on the competitive yeah. tournament. Uh, I but, feel for that person, you guys. I am telling well, you, I feel for yeah, that, that person. person is putting uh, applications in for new jobs <laughs> right now. Uh, but the the uh, the other thing about it is that this also, like, if they're saying, "Oh, it was within the normal," uh, you know deck changes that happen before a tournament. Well, if your API has been <laughs> open for this long to, to, to hacks, just say well, maybe normal, the yeah. that you're looking at isn't actually normal because people are hacking and changing their, or yeah, yeah. The hacks are the norm. So yeah. yeah. Right. Like I just, I don't know, man, just blizzard. Come on, man. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I battle got a lot of L's for me this week because they also, we ran our taco tournament on battle Fi. And using the specialist format, everyone locked in a single class, right? I click specialist format. Everyone submitted specialist decks, a, a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary. And then tournament starts and Battlefy is asking for a ban, <laughs> a class ban in a single class tournament. What? <laughs> and the first, the whole first round, was a spectacular, and I don't usually swear on this show, but it was a spectacular shit show because everybody was like, what do I do here? I can't ban the only class my opponent has. And I was like, I don't know. Let me open a ticket. And then nobody responded. And then finally we figured out, oh, just ban the class. And then you can report the score as normal because now you can still report the banned class as winning the match. The whole thing was like, What? Like how, how does this bug happen? Like, how do you, how do you have this be run for major blizzard tournaments? And then the specialist format is asking for a ban from player. Like it was just, it was spectacularly bad. Like I just, I couldn't believe how bad it was. So I really think it's time for them to either develop their own in-client tournament mode as we've been asking for forever or reevaluate their third party and don't use Battlefy anymore. I mean, this is a this is a huge competitive slip up. I think it's unforgivable as far as like I'm concerned. And I know I'm just a voice on a podcast, but man, to have this, I, it would be one thing if it was something they were a hundred percent unaware of. But reports for months with no fix while running, yeah. you know, running tournaments for qualifier spots in a half a million dollar tournament, I think is inexcusable, personally. I, I do think that that action needs to be taken. I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think we need to like take Battlefy's head out and put it on a spike in front of the, you know, for the world to see or whatever. But I do think there needs to be repercussions, right? Like that, like Blizzard needs to like step up and say, Hey, if we're going to use you for all of our stuff, you need to make sure that your site is solid. And it seems like that just hasn't happened. Right. And they just literally, it's it's I, I I do agree with inexcusable, but I also think I understand how it happened. It, how it happened was negligence, right? Like it was mm-hmm. just nobody was checking for cracks in the floor, right? And there were cracks, and water leaked, and a uh, tournament was changed. Yeah, I have uh, I have nothing more to add. You can refer to the previous three hundred and eighteen episodes of me shouting tournament <laughs> mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, yeah. But let's talk about something fun, because uh, Mike Denae played the dollar on heist on his daughter's stream for Father's Day, and 
did an impromptu Q&A and some really yeah. interesting stuff came out. Uh, the, the, the top of which headlines everywhere reading that Hall of Fame replacement cards are coming soon as soon as in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he said a couple of weeks. This, this is great. That <laughs> I, I am assuming uh, either Mike today, as high up as he is on the Hearthstone team, is more than aware that it was okay that he divulged this information or he yeah. had it cleared ahead of time. He knew he was going to go on the stream and he was just like, goes in the PR like, hey, yeah, I'm going on my daughter's stream. It's going to be fun. Is it cool if I let some stuff leak? And uh, I'm sure they were like, that's adorable. Yes, of course. That's the most heartwarming I way. I think he's got the ghost crawler level access, right? Like where... I was going to say, aren't there some Blizzard folks that just kind of have the... Yeah. They're just allowed to speak because Some they're like be trusted really employees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Considering uh, the, the you XR know, can't say random stuff. I, I mean, like, I don't know. Whatever, you, you guys but. remember when Ben Brode and Young Wu used to crash the our recordings at BlizzCon? It, like, did you see how like Young Wu's eyes got the size of like saucers when Ben Brode would drop like random tidbits of information that had not previously <laughs> well, I think Brode been had the Danae access. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Young Wu did it. Um, so, yeah. that I always so got that impression. Like, Russell's really? another one who used to come on sometimes at BlizzCon and he had the the no PR shackles yeah. <laughs> status as well. Yeah, I, I, Russell, I, like, I always felt that he was like, well, it's music. Like you probably, you guys can probably <laughs> guess what, jazz, what themes we're going to be drawing <laughs> off of. And it, 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 Russell never got on and was like, Death Knights are coming in Lich King, y'all. Like that was not something that Russell ever, ever, uh, ever let, let go. So but yeah, yeah uh, but it, this was this was really cool. He not only said that, but he said a bunch of other uh, fun, interesting things. Um, and it did seem like he was just kind of he was just kind of chilling, having fun playing Hearthstone, man. I, by the way, I, I I miss this because Yang Wu used to stream, Ben Brode streamed periodically. Mm-hmm. I don't think like Ixar ever streams or. Like, so Chalky works there now. Like, Chalky, I want you to stream, man. Like, I, I used to watch his stream sometimes. I want to see some of these people on the inside streaming. And it was cool to see Mike Denae streaming. <clears throat> Even though, yeah, I guess it was it was his daughter's stream. I didn't actually watch the live stream, so. I didn't realize he was on his daughter's stream. His daughter is apparently a streamer. Yeah. Yeah, it was a like a Father's Day event for them. That's cool. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah, but he knows a lot of random things. But the classic cards thing, he said in a couple of weeks, which would mean if that does happen, we've now had in the span of one expansion a nerf, a buff, and new cards. And new cards added. <laughs> like, yeah, on top of Snip Snap, which is yeah, another of, new card, right? Yeah, on top <laughs> of technically already one new card being added. Yeah. Yeah, Snip Snap. Um, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talked about cosmetics said that there will be skins in the future added to the in game shop for real money. They're not done with that. They just haven't done any of that in a while. They're also working on cosmetics, uh, outside of that. And they're open to uh, fresh ideas. So he didn't give any specifics there. I wouldn't expect him to, uh, but that's, that's, that's good yeah. to know. I, I, I would I, like alternate art. Uh, magic's been doing this recently. Um, it's really cool. Magic's been doing that like forever. Well, yeah, but I mean, like they're doing it in the arena client um, where you can down, like if you get a code, you can buy this stuff for, for, you know, money or you can get codes and things or you can earn them through events, but you get like alternate art for certain cards and stuff. It's just, it's sweet. If it makes you feel cool, right? It's like there's, there's regular and there's gold cards. By the way, I do have an all gold brogue again, but uh, it's not very good right now. Uh, But like, I, I want to play that deck because it's all gold, right? 
I feel special when I play that golden coin. I'm like, look at me, man. Check this out. Gold coin. What up? Uh, it's like pulling like, up in on uh, like 24 inch spinners on your freaking. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like it makes, yeah, my Van Cleef is cooler than your Van Cleef, bro. What's up? <laughs> like, so yeah, more, you know what I would more really, ways to spice up my look. I was going to say, I would really like if you could like buy a golden token that then once you build a deck, then you can use your golden token on the deck and it just turns oh, everything. The whole deck golden? All your, yeah, so uh, you yeah. have to choose your set of 30 and then just yeah, bam, yeah. golden. I just choose 30 legendaries. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would only ever do this for wild decks that I was pretty sure I would never change. That's true, too, yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day because the last card that was missing was a golden Zilliax from that rogue deck. I was like, this is going to rotate. <laughs> but it's also Zilliax, so you're probably yeah. going to get more use out of it. I'll be using Zilliax forever, though, yeah. yeah. And yeah. when they finally announce that they're going to do, uh, you know, like the Hearthstone version of reprints, and hopefully we can just use our old cards, you know, you know, seven Zilliax years from back. now, uh, you yeah. can use your gold Zilliax again or whenever, yeah. however long. Like the golden legendaries I've crafted are like Leroy Jenkins and Zilliax now. I'm like, I feel good about this. This is fine. <laughs> It's it's okay. I, th- I think I think it'll be all right. Uh, there was a, a lot of allusions to League of Explorers in terms of the theme of the next expansion. Uh, also, Mike Denae's apparently apparently Mike's favorite sets are Ungoro and League of Explorers. So uh, they're two really good sets. Yeah, yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, also, he said stuff about changing animations. Oh, and the Angry Chicken art will not be updated that is unfortunate so the chicken (laughs) token that came in with was it gvg when did we get the chicken token that actually is angry oh Oh, yeah the the non-angry chicken that actually looks angry finally (laughs) i don't know if broad was being nice but he 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 made it sound like it was intentionally asked for that chicken to be angry uh, because of the show (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you're gonna make another chicken yeah. Better be angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also talked about something that I think is is one of the things that I've been at least thinking was going to come in for a long time, but they never actually did. But the, the legendary card back with an expansion logo oh. for every expansion would be yeah. a nice idea because this is something I thought they were going to do all the way back when they introduced the wild format is that they would have, you know, even just a, a standard legend card back and a wild legend card back and they never did it. And then after that, then they introduced the, Oh, there was one other time and I can't remember. Maybe it's like ladder changes, I think. So when they added like the buckets, I thought, okay, maybe there's going to be like a classic legend card back and then like a new ladder card back. Oh, no, when, they, yeah, when they added like the rank floors and they changed. Rank floors, yeah, yeah. Back and stuff, yeah. Yeah. yeah because it's but like. They never changed legend it. Legend now is quite different, I guess, than. Exactly. If you get legend every month, you roll back to rank four now. You used yeah. to roll back to rank 17. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it it's so quite it's a really different climb. Yeah. Well, you went all the way back and you didn't have the cushions of every five ranks not being yeah. able to drop down again. So, I mean, like I thought when they made those changes that they, they were going to change the legendary card back as well. And they never did. So I I don't know. Maybe maybe they're finally coming, you guys. I, I don't know, but. It would be cool. I, I would like to see it's just a good idea, just, anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, but here's the thing, though. It's like if I had, if if I like, I'm just thinking, like, if I had 
20 legendary card backs. I don't think I would use any of them though. Like I do think that there is something to be said for like, they're just being a legend card back. And then that's it. Because I, I doubt I would be like, look, I was legend six expansions ago. Let me what if it was like, play that card back. Like, I, mean, I think they're going to be different enough from each other that like they matter. Right. Like they yeah. look cool. Well, we just talked about how, like, how much we like golden decks. What if the legendary card bat or the legendary reward for hitting legend in a specific expansion was whatever that expansion, like, pre-order bonus card back was, but all golden? Ooh. That'd be very cool. Now that'd be sweet. That would yeah. Be very, very cool. So then it changes with every expansion, but they don't really have to sure. do a ton of more art, and yeah. you can just pick the gold version of... The card back you I, like the most. I, I will. I gotta go to bat. I'm gonna go to bat as the art nerd. It it needs the legend gem. Mm. Like okay. It needs it. Okay. It's that that because the rest of the card pack for legend looks kind of jank. If I'm being honest, it's like a crappy yeah. old leather. Like um, I, I use it just because uh, I'm a stupid noob who's only hit legend a handful of times. Um, <laughs> but I do, it's not my favorite card back. To actually look at right yeah i uh, i don't know i was I just really like i like the golden celebration card back the one that you get for coming like top eight or top 16 in a in a hearthstone like esport event oh maybe. yeah that thing is yeah cool. that oh that thing looks so cool yeah. so i'm like I, I i want some sort of golden something uh, <laughs> i want card a, back. I, I want a wild legend card back i want the legend card back with vines all over it by the way, a uh, small side note, I thought that I was just going to hit Legend every month after they made that change where you'd only roll back four ranks. But the the five to Legend is the grind. It's not the 16 to five. Yeah. The five to Legend is the grind. And knowing that I'll only roll back four has actually made me less motivated to try to hit Legend than rolling back from like 17 or like to 20 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny how I thought that motivating factor was going to matter. It has not. Like <laughs> I, I've hit legend exactly the same amount of times. I think that I did before they made that change. It's, like, I mean, it is just, times. It, yeah. it's most months. It, I don't even climb out of five, honestly, at it, this point, like it, I'm just can't like, get a win streak. I'm playing whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't get a win streak. It is just a, a fact yeah. that it is hard. We, we need, we need other motivating factors clearly. And I think you're right. Like, Card backs, like super exclusive uh, cosmetic things, that would motivate me a hundred percent. Yeah, it, to try like to feel like legend mattered each month. Yeah, it, it doesn't well, feel you, like it matters at all anymore. Well, let's take a break because I want to talk to you about what motivates me to not feel anxious about traveling, and that's my sweet luggage from awaytravel.com/tac20. <laughs> when you know you're never gonna run out of battery power mm, just, i mean like, that's yeah, that's um, a motivating factor right there let's play some games fine print you will eventually run out of battery power what if you have a long enough <laughs> wait you will eventually run out of battery power but okay. uh, your away luggage can help you with that because both sizes of their carry-on have an optional battery that pops in and out so you don't have to like charge it the night before by wheeling your luggage over to your to your outlet, you can actually take the battery out, charge it, and then put it back in its spe- special slot that is accessible from the outside of the freaking suitcase. I love this thing because I play a lot of video games when I travel, and this helps keep my devices 
charged. Uh, but I also like my away luggage just because it's actually nice and well built and lightweight and has four the four the four wheel setup with the three sixty spin. And before that, man, I had the worst hand me down luggage. It was hideous. I had that one. Uh, there was only two wheels, and one of them was like kind of off, like a bad grocery cart. Oh gosh! Yeah, when you're <laughs> just dragging your luggage across the floor, and it's not there's nothing rolling. It's yeah. just dragging. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> nothing worse. It's it, it's rough, but uh, I really really enjoy my my away luggage. Uh, you should check out their offerings over at awaytravel.com/tac20. Uh, they're super durable but lightweight at the same time. It can carry a surprising amount of stuff, even if you go with what I have, which is the smallest size carry on that they make. I love this thing. I've done five day trips with it, and it fit everything I needed. And it also I has did like a, a whole little... week in Dallas, dudes. What? A whole week. with and a carry on. With yeah, one carry just on? with this yeah. carry on, and I literally yeah. didn't even have to really try because the the super cool like zipper. I don't. It's magic. All I did was load it up, fold it in half, and then I was like, "This is never going to go together." There's like this much space between the two pieces, and it was just like zip. And I was like, "Okay, away, <laughs> you win. You're magic." It's uh, it's solid. It's solid. And they will fix or replace uh, any suitcase ASAP if anything breaks. Uh, and uh, they've got free shipping within the 48 lower states. So go check them out, not just for all of those awesome reasons, but also because they're supporting the show. If you go to awaytravel.com slash TAC20 right now and use the promo code TAC20 during checkout, you'll get $20 off a suitcase. Again, that's $20 off a suitcase when you go to awaytravel.com slash TAC20 and use the promo code TAC20 at checkout. We thank them for their support. And now, let's talk about that deck that dog switched to. It is very hard. You want to blow something up? Uh-huh. <laughs> Time to pay! We're talking freeze mage today. We were thinking about doing it last week, and I'm glad we ended up pushing it because it ended up being a very uh, popular archetype in uh, the tournament this past yes. weekend. Out, out in uh, out in Vegas, many players took a bet on Freeze Mage. <laughs> wow! Well done. I'm here oh. all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dog won the entire tournament with this Freeze Mage. By the way, uh, you know, oftentimes I don't have to eat crow when talking about cards, but Jocelyn was right again. Uh, <gasps> Luna's Pocket Galaxy at five mana. <laughs> Turns out actually good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so Life Drinker oh, and Luna's Pocket good. Galaxy. Life Drinker. <laughs> nice, nice. I feel like you also kind of went to bed for Giggling Inventor, maybe? A little bit. But little I feel bit. that was more because of the cute factor. <laughs> yeah, well, it's anyway. a little Giggling Inventor that summons Annoyatrons. Of course I'm going to love that card. Anyways, but no, uh, Pocket Galaxy going down to five was huge. Yeah, so Dog won a few games on stream by coining Pocket Galaxy on four into like Arcane Intellect, a bunch of one cost like huge minions, right? Like he, there was there was several <laughs> games he won based on that exact sequence of plays. You and know, uh, I, I don't like to throw out strong opinions early after changes, but did, does this feel a little Kelisethex-esque, y'all? Like, this is a pretty draw-dependent card. It is. It super is. Buff. But I think... I will say this, though. I think that Keliseth's biggest issue to me was that it happened on two or one, right? 
I think it's okay when it happens on four or five because it at least allows the game to have some sort of texture before you get to this massive play. I mean, as yeah, someone who- you also have to have you have to have the ability to basically skip a turn, right? Yeah. Like you, you can't, can't put this in, a, in any random mage deck. You need yeah. a deck that has the ability to stall the game out, and so it has to have uh, you know the the, the board wide freeze effects. Oh, yeah, totally. This isn't like, how do I build a mage? Well, put Luna's Pocket Galaxy in and then start building your... No, yeah. you're right. You need the stall. You need the freeze effects. It wouldn't work without it. But I, way, I, I don't think you're wrong, though. It does have the, like, if I draw it, I win. If I don't... The the the, the power spike of this deck post Luna's Pocket Galaxy versus, you know, games where they find it late is it's night and day. The way the yeah. deck feels the way it, 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 it feels to play the way it feels to watch. I mean, you could, yeah. you could tell that the, the, the first game of the finals, you're just like, Oh, okay. This is going really well. <laughs> it's true. It's like, if you with, with Kelly Seth, was in like a lot of decks, right. And they were all like tempo decks and stuff. Uh, and if it happened on two, you'd feel like, okay, we lose. Uh, and if the galaxy happens on four or five, you're like, okay, we lose. Uh, that being said, I think that, it's still healthier. I just think that it's, you're right. It's the, this is like, this is like wild growth for Druid or something like that. Right. It's like, Oh, they had wild growth on two. I guess the game is now over. I, I, I do agree with you that that is not a feel good type of card to I, I have. I walk it back period, by right? saying, I think it's okay in the current meta because we also have warrior with an insane power spike on eight. So this deck also was a great, call for this tournament but it's not necessarily a great call for the ladder you get destroyed by every fast deck so oh yeah i got run oh i got <laughs> rolled up by a zulok a zulok looked at me and just went huh, really yeah that's <laughs> hilarious luna's pocket galaxy you say well how about all these one drops <laughs> like shoving their damage into your face was, yeah uh, yeah you know what you know what's better than luna's pocket galaxy on five seven minions on board by turn five yeah exactly <laughs> i do think though that in a world where there is a lot of people playing warrior this is a deck that you can play uh by the way pocket galaxy if we're talking mulligans uh pocket galaxy is the number one card in the deck you just keep it I was actually really surprised when I was going through and looking at stats and stuff and trying to learn how to play this deck that like no matter which class I clicked on HS replay, it was always like pocket galaxy, pocket galaxy. I was like, you always just always keep pocket galaxy against everybody. (laughs) Crazy. Even against aggro because against aggro, you will be at like 14 when you play pocket galaxy. But then the turn after you play it, you can do stuff like frost Nova giant, or Frost, no, like Caligos, Conjures, Con- like you can do crazy stuff after that, right? So it's just the winningest card in basically all matchups, which is kind of crazy to me. Like a five-mana do-nothing that turn yeah. is still the best card in the deck. Oh, crazy. it's just, it, I mean, it, it's because of what it enables you to do from yeah, that point. The, yeah, because suddenly turn five might be do-nothing, but turn six is do everything, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, by the way, against aggro, the other keeps are Acolyte. Uh, you need you need to be able to fight back on the board at least a little bit. So Acolyte of Pain, uh, really, really good to just kill some tokens, draw some cards. Uh, Doomsayer is obviously a huge tool. You saw Dog actually do this quite a bit where 
He doomsayered on turns where it wasn't necessarily that he was going to have a strong next turn. Cause oftentimes in other decks, you would doomsayer to like try to take away a turn, like try to take away like a giant turn for the opponent or something like that. Uh, or take away an important like three drop for a deck. He was just like playing it to just buy time. Right. So he'd play it early. I mean, you can and, essentially think of it as another freeze. Uh, because yeah, it's literally just like, hey, let's just take another turn off because my deck needs multiple turns before we can really get to my power spikes. Yeah, but but so, against those fast decks like like Zoo and or, or anything of anything else, the, all the mech hunters and paladins that are going around right now, uh, you, you also kind of need the Doomsayer after your freeze because otherwise your freeze isn't all it's doing is just pausing for one more turn. You, you, this deck yeah. doesn't actually have a lot of ways to fight for the board. Well, I've actually found too that the Doomsayer is not even that good against like Token Druid and stuff like that because you play like on turn five, you're like, Frost Nova Doomsayer, what up? And then they just make all their guys have Death Rattle summon two two twos. And you're like, oh, Soul of the Forest, that's a card. (laughs) Never mind, you still have a full deck of stuff. Yeah, now all your Wisps are twice as bad and they're Treants and I cry. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Doomsayer has changed in how you utilize it. It used to be that you would always hold it and try to get value. I think now it's literally just gain seven health or play it early and, and slow things down, right? Yeah. Uh, the other card against aggro is Keysmith, um, which there's only one of in the main deck for Dog, but he did put a second one in his tertiary deck. And I actually think Keysmith on the ladder could be a two of because this card actually does quite a bit for four mana. You get the two, two in play and the deck doesn't really run a lot of uh, low, low cost minions period. So just the two, two in play is actually pretty important, but being able to put things up like a counter spell, uh, a, a spell, a spell bender, these, these types of cards and then have it. So the opponent has to guess because there isn't, it didn't start in the deck. So there's not like, Oh, I know exactly what the secret is. They always have to guess. Uh, it really just kind of changes the game quite a bit in that mid in that mid spot, which is hard for this deck to do. And then also, it has the side benefit of being a weak four drop that can then be conjures calling into double four drops, which are then generally way better than a two two, right? So you get well, like that's kind of what you. That's kind of what you want to look for, right? Is anything that is that does a super cool thing, but itself as a minion isn't statted very high because of the cool thing that it does, so that you can pair it with Conjurer's Calling at some point and then get two probably more powerful minions in its spot. Yeah. And when this guy gets discounted by Loon's Pocket Galaxy, it's a one mana 2-2 two, two plus a secret. It's crazy. Uh, you see in Dog's tertiary deck, he has an arcane dynamo. This is kind of a similar thing. It's like a six mana understated minion that does something kind of sweet and then can be conjures calling into actual value. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, against control, uh, you just kind of win. But if we want to talk about the mulligan, you want the giants, you want the conjures calling, and you want the galaxy. Uh, the mid range, you just want to be freezing and removing. So, any draw card, Acolyte, uh, Arcane Intellect, Nova Doomsayer, and Frostbolt, these are the cards you're going to be looking for against mid-range. Um, but you kind of are only concerned about aggro when you're playing this deck. Everything else you just kind of beat. And, and this is where it's, it's uh, pretty sketchy on ladder because you're going to yes. run into aggro. You're also People gonna run like into aggro on the ladder. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if you're really trying to make this work for your climb, I think you need to be taking a look at uh, what you're going up against. Like the percentage of warriors you're playing against, I think should play a pretty big role in, in if you're locking this deck in or not. Yeah, I, I, I found I found this deck to be um, dangerous as a ladder climbing deck. Uh, people like to climb fast. They like to play aggro for that reason. So, you know, if you if you get to a spot where you're running into tons of warriors, cue this bad boy up and just punish them, right? Uh, so the power spikes we talked about are basically anything after Pocket Galaxy. Uh, but also you have, you know, the ability to, like, turn seven giant plus conjurers calling. Uh, you have the ability to late game drop an Archmage, Frost Nova aboard, and then have that Archmage stick and then just start burning your opponent out with fireballs. There's lots of actually, that was one point that I noticed the dog was doing a lot in the tournament was the Archmage Frost Nova play. And that was something I never really considered is how often that Archmage just sticks when a whole board is frozen, especially if their board is full against the warrior, because a lot of times they're, you know, they buy that, in the game they've already played dr boom their mechs are all rushing but if their whole board is full then they can't play a mech to rush and kill your antonitis so it's a really good way to get that last few points of burn that i mean you're gonna need a lot of burn against a warrior right so that archma- archmage sticking with the frost nova combo it's really powerful yeah it's kind of the in a lot of uh these control matchups it's like the only way to actually win because you can't get a giant to stick or you, you can't even get like double giant to stick. Like a lot of times the, the warriors would switch <clears throat> to like tertiary decks that would run double big game hunter and <clears throat> super collider and stuff like that. So you just couldn't even get these big minions to stick. So the way to win the game would just be to, um, yeah, burn them out with fireballs and yeah, it, it works really well. Uh, also again, lose pocket galaxy can make your Archmage Antonidas cost one. You can make a million fireballs in one turn with like Ray of Frost and stuff like that. So, really, really good uh, card in this deck. Fireball costs zero, and your Caligos costs one. It's it's wonderful. Oh my god, yeah, dude! Caligos costing one is the most disgusting thing ever. (laughs) And then turning it into like double Hakar with a Conjurer's calling. Oh yeah. You, you know when, when you have Alex Strauss in your deck and you're like, oh, defensive Alex Strauss feels really bad because it's a lot of mana. Well, when it's one mana, it's fine. By the way, I, I, I was watching. Now, I, I know this person listens to the show, so I, I'm not picking on you. But I was watching somebody play this deck on ladder because I needed to get my quest done, spectate quest done. And they had already pocket galaxied. They had already played Archmage Antonitis and gotten some fireballs. And then they were holding the Alex Straza, trying to use it offensively for like an OTK. It was a one mana 8-8 that dealt 15 damage. Just play it. <laughs> Put it on the board. <laughs> Even if you have two fireballs and a frost bolt in your hand, just play it. Uh, I, I think one of, the, one of the things you can really do with this deck is get too greedy at a certain point. You just, it's, it's still a tempo based game and you just want to put stuff on the board. Uh, so do, do that. Put stuff Spend on the board, guys. Your mana. Yeah. <laughs> tempo good. Listen to Zelay. Dog, dog says this too. Tempo good. If you watch Dog play this deck, by the way, 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely piloted it super well. Um, but one thing he didn't do was he did not get greedy with this deck at all. Like he went for it, you know, like when he had opportunities to put tempo into play, he did. And even though it looks like a control, I play pocket galaxy, I do crazy stuff. It's, it's ultimately still a deck that just puts big things on, on the board earlier than they're supposed to be. That's still the basis of the deck, right? So remember that when you're playing it. Uh, we have multiple deck lists, by the way, in the show notes. Head on over to amove.tv slash TAC. Look for the episode 319 post. Scroll down to the bottom. There'll be a Google Docs link. We've got uh, a, a more ladder-focused list, which is going to be running a like a one-off of Giggling Inventor. Uh, yeah. It has no That's Babel Rousers. That's a very cool tech, in. by the way. Yeah, there's no Babel Rousers in it either. That's uh, more of an anti-aggro include. But if you're seeing aggro after aggro after aggro, you're a more patient person than I if you're still playing yeah. this deck. If you're seeing a bunch of aggro, I, I have switched out of this deck. But oh, the other thing I'll say about this deck, I don't think you need the double fireball. Uh, I like the double polymorph instead in the current meta because you Ooh, go polymorph, up against yeah. all these mech decks that just mech say, a bunch of stuff. mechs are dumb. <laughs> yeah, and if you can just polymorph that one big one, they can't Kangers army it back and they can't, you know, do all this stupid stuff with next. So Dude, I have uh, been so slacking in my ladder play because I've been enjoying dollar on high so much. Um, mechs don't work for me anymore. Everyone's running silence. Everyone's running polymorph. I saw a hex the other freaking day and I'm just sitting here being like, when did, when did this happen? <laughs> or is this just lower <laughs> yeah. rank things? Cause I'm always like, I, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go stop some games with some mech hunter. I'm like, never mind. I'm going to go on a four game loss streak in a row because everything I magnetized got answered. <laughs> what, what happened while I was away in PVE land? Dude, people <laughs> in the tournament this last weekend, were running EMP, whatever. Uh, yeah. EMP operative. Yeah. The kill a mech guy. And, and that, when that card came out, everyone was like, this is stupid. But now with the buffs, there's a lot of mechs. Like, there's just there mechs are, everywhere. There are. There's a lot of mechs. But there's also a lot of warrior. And the mechs are good against warrior. But so is this deck. But, uh, I don't, well, but I don't, that was the thing. It was the, the warriors. Yeah, they were running the, I think, um, two EMP operatives, two owls, and one... Spellbreaker? I feel like there was like five silence techs available in secondary decks made just for mechs. It's, it was ridiculous. insane. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the, the silence come out of them recently. And that's uh, that, that, I'll be honest, really threw me for a tilt. I'm like, yeah, because you don't have enough freaking ways to deal with my board. I'm glad that you also have a silence in your deck, you jackass. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very over warrior if you can't tell. But, uh, <laughs> by the way, though, if you, yeah, if you, if you don't like warrior, Play this mage deck. You will beat all the warriors. Yeah, yeah all uh, of them. I know. What, I know what else you. is lurking on ladder is my trepidation. No, that, that's the problem. Is that right now on ladder, I run into maybe twenty five percent warrior, and then the other seventy five percent is mech uh, mech hunter spell or uh, secret hunter, uh, token druid, <laughs> aggro rogue. It's just like okay, stop hitting my face. Just for a moment, can't I play some sweet giants? Yeah. It's yep. a very good tournament deck, though. Very, very good tournament deck. And you saw exactly that in this, late, this latest tournament. So, Yep. 
Yep. So get the links in the show notes, amove.tv slash TAC. They're always linked at the bottom of the most recent episode post. Go check it out. Now, before we move into crazy game stories, let's thank our other sponsor for today, HelloFresh, which you should go take a look at over at hellofresh.com slash TAC80. Because, uh, well, we'll explain the 80 in just a moment. But first, in, in, if in some universe you are unaware of what HelloFresh is, and I would find that extremely unlikely, especially if you listen to The Angry Chicken, seeing as, uh, Dills, how many times have you and I talked about how they're probably the only thing making us eat remotely healthy at this point? Yeah, normally I just uh, just pizza. Pizza in my body all the time. <laughs> pizza but in your body all the time. When the yes. HelloFresh box shows up, oh my God, I'm having like delicious tacos and I'm making like noodles and stuff. What? Yeah, vegetables. I'm cutting up tomatoes. What is this? What? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm going to get in a time machine, go back and tell a young me that uh, in your adult life, you will cut up tomatoes and put them in your food on purpose. And And you're going to like it too. It's going to taste good because uh, HelloFresh sends the fresh pre-measured ingredients like those tomatoes straight to my doorstep with easy to follow six step pictured recipe cards. There's picture on the recipe card so I can tell when I'm doing things correctly. And it shows up on my doorstep every week in a special insulated box that actually holds up to the humid heat of Florida in June. It's incredible. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but the box, the box makes it. I open it up and it's still freezing cold inside. On top of all yeah, this. I was grossing Florida for the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm still trying to find uh, pieces of my fingers when I visited Toronto. So <laughs> if you find a pinky... Send it to me because it fell off. Uh, on top of all this, you know, we're busy folks. We like to make as much time as possible to continue playing our video games. And HelloFresh helps with that because all of the meals come together at, in 30 minutes max. They call for less than two pots and pans and they require minimal cleanup. I'm a big fan of that. On top of that, there's three plans to choose from. You've got classic, veggie, and the family plan with the option to switch between them for whenever your chase change. And uh, it, it's just super convenient. They have all kinds of like menu features. They have HelloFresh's dinners to lunch. That means like it's, you, you make your dinner, but then there's leftovers for lunch the next day. They have 20 minute meals. I love this on particularly busy days. There's also one pot wonders. So you can use even less than two pots and pans. Uh, it's, it's great. You should go check them out over at HelloFresh.com slash TAC80 and use the code TAC80 because you will get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Again, that's eighty dollars off your first month of Hello That's Fresh. a lot of dollars off. That's a lot of dollars off, man. That's that's more of a discount than most mages get after they play Luna's Pocket Galaxy. <laughs> that's the fantastic. Power spike with HelloFresh is insane. <laughs> yeah, go to HelloFresh.com/slash/tac80. Enter the code TAC80 and take my advice. Order anything that has orzo in it. Mmm, delicious. We thank them for the support. We thank you. We're going to HelloFresh.com/tac80 now. Let's take a crazy game story. The whole world got crazy. You're in trouble now. You got it. <laughs> you, yes, you can send your crazy game stories to tacpodcast at gmail.com. That is the email. If you want to send anything in to the Angry Chicken, be a part of the show. Let us know what you're thinking. Share your fun stories with us. If you're a patron. Uh, you can message us directly over at patreon.com slash TAC or congratulations. You're in the patron discord because you support the anchor chicken. Drop us a message in there. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the three of us. Betty A writes in this week and says, hello, barnyard fowls. I thought I would share my crazy game story. That's, 
that's a hell of a way to start a start an email there, wow. Benny. Yeah. Uh, for now this, I'm ready. <laughs> for this game, I found myself facing off against the elusive shaman on ladder. I was playing Secret Hunter. My first thought was that I was facing Murlocs, so I decided to keep Explosive Trap in the mulligan. A few turns went by, and the shaman player spammed totems. So then, I knew that I was in for a tough match against Control Shaman. I carefully played minions so I didn't overextend into their Hagatha's schemes, and my opponent was starting to run out of AoE and hexes. Then, with a welcome to my domain, he turned into Hagatha and started to refill his hand like crazy. I still have the board, though, I thought. Then, the game took a fateful turn. With the Stormbringer he got off of Hagatha, he turned his Totem and Sludge Slurper into two Deathwings. Oh, crap, That's I big thought. Takes. Those are. <laughs> I killed one with a deadly shot and played a freezing trap in a desperate attempt to stay alive. My opponent was looking smug as I was down to only 11 life and he had Deathwing and a Walking Fountain. However, I had a secret weapon. One of the green question marks on my side was a secret long thought to be one of the worst in the game. Misdirection! The Walking Fountain proceeded, uh, sorry, procced my freezing trap and snake trap and then my opponent thought they were home free with a smile my opponent pointed the red arrow to have deathwing attack my face but to their horror the crosshairs from misdirection pointed past my snake trap snakes and onto their own face with a satisfying smack they had sealed their own fate and victory was mine this is like the eye for an eye kill. Yes. This is, <laughs> this is so although like a secret nobody ever saw coming. I mean, I would, I would make a, a very strong argument that it's all the more impressive because it's misdirection. There were snakes on board. Exactly. Yeah. Well, misdirection knows the place. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, Detective Garrett is on the, is on the case here. You didn't know that your opponent was smiling. <laughs> wow that seems like artistic Got license <laughs> that seems like artistic license uh, yeah yeah i yeah i think the opponent was uh was definitely had a stern look on their face probably more likely this is this is this is a good one though i like this because first of all you're talking uh, a deck nobody really runs into and then you're talking a weird way to win the game i like it this, this is good yeah stuff. with a random spell got off hagatha too like it, it wasn't a normal game on either side of the board this was yeah. so much random it's complete insanity and yeah. uh and the freaking stormbringer is also now cheaper Thanks, buffs. Yep. <laughs> it's so well, I've been trying to make that work, by the way, and I don't. I still think that Pocket Galaxy two mana. That was all. That was all that it needed, right? But Stormbringer, you still got to stick a bunch of. This, this is where well, it matters. You have to stick a bunch of stuff, and then the minion pool is not nearly as good, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You get like as a anything. <laughs> it's not like it says Stormbringer summon Death Wings. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes true. it does. Sometimes, Sometimes it does. It Sometimes does. it summon two of them. And we're <laughs> glad it happened for Benny and thankful that Benny shared the story with us. Again, send your stories into tackpodcast at gmail.com. Before we take an email or two and wrap this up, I want to thank those of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. Uh, becoming a, a patron of the Anger Chicken gives you all kinds of perks like access to the Anger Chicken Discord server, early signups for tournaments, uh, all kinds of stuff. So go check it out, patreon.com slash TAC. On this episode, we want to thank our latest patrons, Mac H. And Jenner, no last name given. Thank you for the support, everyone. And if you like what the three of us are putting down on the Angry Chicken and want to support us, patreon.com slash TAC is the best way to do so. Now let's bring it home with some emails. Hello? 
Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> Emails go to the same place, techpodcast at gmail.com or the Patreon Discord. Joss, who's kicking us off this week? Uh, the first email comes to us from Corey, who says, hey, angry chicklets. I feel like magnetic is becoming a problem. Like charge in the past, magnetic feels like a situational charge that is becoming less situational with how many mechs there are in the game. It already has powerful combos with stuff like poisonous being magnetized to deal one damage to all minions on board, which is an awesome board clear. But when a mech inevitably sticks to the board and then they magnetize it up to be an 8-8 with lifesteal, divine, sorry, lifesteal, divine shield, and charge and smacks you in the face it feels bad am i the only one who thinks this i would like to hear your thoughts i mean we knew this email is coming right like yeah. <laughs> how long is it rise, been rise the mechs? Mechs. yeah so the, the mechs have risen that's beautiful they definitely have risen and i think they are very powerful in a couple of different decks so it kind of begs the question i mean garrett you've already seen it too that you know how much mech tech do i put in my deck and sometimes you're able to shut them down with only a couple of silences or like those you mentioned polymorphs too so i think there is there's counterplay to mechs but yeah i can see it potentially i mean it it, it definitely feels bad when you are able to answer mechs turn over turn over turn over turn and you spend your whole turn answering their board only to have one thing that you finally can't deal with you haven't been able to play your game yet and then they magnetize a whole bunch so i uh, magnetic is was it was interesting. I like the idea of it that like placement matters and you can make the choice between making it a minion or sticking it to something else. I think that's really cool, but um, it it's something I think that we'll have to keep an eye on. I think, I think it's too early to call it OP, but yeah, I definitely don't think it's OP. I think it's very good. Um, and it does, it, it does what I think Hearthstone has been trying to do for a long time, which is make minion combat and the board matter a lot. <laughs> The boards uh, seem to matter a lot all yeah. weekend. Like everything was yeah. board, board, board. Yeah. And, and I like that. I think it is a, a healthy way to play Hearthstone. It does obviously mean that any minion sticking to the board suddenly becomes a, a massive threat, but that then just changes how you play against it. Right. You just really have to respect any minion on the board. And let's say you're playing against a deck where there's a choice to kill a lackey or a mech like kill the mech right because the mech can be magnetized and the lackey cannot uh well unless it's a rogue and then the yeah, lackey because i was like it's with the rogue yeah. dog waggle thing. anyway <laughs> what i'm saying is there's lots of things to think about now hearthstone is, yeah. is very much like a uh you, if you watched so in this tournament you watched a lot of these players the cast would be like oh i if they recognize this factor then they'll you know do a good turn here then the player would recognize that factor and make the right play. It's kind of impressive to watch really good players understand exactly what's happening in a game. And to me, what it does is it raises the skill level, stuff like magnetize uh, and mechs and things like that. So I think ultimately it's actually a healthy thing because anything that makes the skill level, you know, there's actually a ceiling there um, is, is good. Uh, you know, like you want, you want minion based battles in Hearthstone because, again, it's a very different game than, like, Magic the Gathering where, you know, the defender decides the, the combat, then the attacker decides the combat. The game becomes this kind of back-and-forth, board-swingy type thing where no board is the same turn after turn. And 
all these little tiny things that alter that kind of like fabric of how that works are, are ultimately good. Cause what you don't like, what I don't like personally is games where my opponents and I are just playing solitaire. Both of us are just doing what our deck does and then hoping at the end that we get our like 30 damage combo off having damage and battles and all that stuff throughout the game, I think is really interesting. So I think it's good ultimately. Yeah. It's it's. I've been kind of talking about the relative power level of everything right now in the meta over the course of today's episode. And that's, I think pretty much where I fall with, with, with Mac kind of removing myself from my own feeling of, uh, they're being pretty hard countered right now, at least in the games I've been experiencing. Um, but even with that aside, you know, before we started teching in things like silence and, and, and mech hate, um, it, I mean, we're in a world that still has the Dr. Boom, uh, hero card. We know we have mages making their minions cost one mana, uh, at the relative power level of the popular decks we are seeing right now. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. And honestly, like the, the mech hunters and the mech paladins and stuff are kind of the things keeping those control decks down. Otherwise, I think that would be oppressive. I think we'd honestly, we would hate the meta without the ability to like murder these super slow control decks. And I can say that as someone who's been playing Control Warrior because I, I just need to win and getting very annoyed and frustrated by that. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, you're not happy you're play playing that. Uh, yeah, I'd much rather play a mech on one and then magnetize it on two and then magnetize it again on three and just smash your face. Uh, I think that's more fun. I like I like playing minions, you know? Lots of minions. Mm-hmm. Building the board. I like doing fun. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't just like shield slamming and executing and echoing yeah. a whirlwind effect. I'm like, oh, I armor pass because you didn't play enough threatening things. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you, you just hit the nail on the head, Dills. Warriors are smug. They just look at your board yeah, and go, right. that's not worth my time. You're like, eh. That's cute. Your four power on board. I can absorb that. I'm at 55. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's annoying. Show me something more interesting next turn. Here you go. (laughs) Get another turn. Shall I brawl? (laughs) Uh, Garrosh should be replaced with Barnes uh, just for the attitude of the character. Not, not because (laughs) it makes any sense from a in-game mechanic aspect. Uh, Anyways, thanks. Thanks for the email, Corey. Uh, Dills, bring us home with our last question for today. Um, Infrarogue from Discord. That's uh, patreon.com slash TAC if you want to be a part of that and be able to send us direct messages. Uh, Infrarogue asks, does Zilliax need a nerf? At last check, it is in 63% of all decks according to HS Replay. I don't think it's OP, and I know it rotates out next year, so it's not Azure Drake 2.0. But I'm shocked that Team 5 finds a card that is in significantly more decks than not balanced. And even with all the mirror matches it sees, decks including Zilliax are at 53% win rate. It just seems like too much. Um, I don't think so, only because I think Zilliax does a healthy thing for the game, which is provide a neutral heal and defensive spot to all decks. Uh, it is not, I think, in the giggling inventor spot that we saw when what was that was that boomsday boomsday came out yeah where that was just ridiculous um yes, just every deck put it in yeah just every deck had it like so 63 percent is a lot that being said um that means 37 percent are not playing zilliax 
Yeah, the the, the 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 effect that Zilliax has on a single game of Hearthstone, I think, is like it, it is the perfect level of impact compared to the other cards we've seen that are in this genre of topic, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like so. Think about the other cards that kind of fit this slot, right? Like Sludge Belcher, Giggling Inventor. Um, you know, these kind of cards. Uh, I would say also, um, what's the uh, what was the taunt from? Ngoro, Tar Creeper. Tar Creeper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. These, these kind of cards are important. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> these kind of cards are important for Hearthstone. They, they they must be neutral and they must be impactful. And I think that without them, Hearthstone becomes. It's like you don't want Hearthstone to tip in one direction. It's like the, the boat can capsize very quickly, right? Like, if we don't have these options, Aggro suddenly becomes the dominant force in Hearthstone. And if we don't have aggressive options, control becomes the dominant force in Hearthstone. So it's like Zilliac's kind of like is right in there. It's it's just it's you know fixing that hole. It's like making sure the boat doesn't sink, right? Like you you've got this option and it can be used offensively, defensively. It's got so much that it can do, and very much in the in the vein of all those cards, the sludge belchers, the tar creepers. All that yeah, kind of stuff. It, like it also just, um, it fills that 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 neutral healing slot. Yeah. that has has been that has been something that uh, has really kind of existed throughout the majority of Hearthstone's history. And yeah, I remember Healbot. Healbot yeah, was exactly. like the old school Yeah, like antique Healbot, a refreshment vendor. Even like if we want to sure. go do a deep cut from a, an expansion we kind of all agree on didn't have a huge impact on the game at the time. You know, from TGT. <laughs> yeah. um, and I look at Zilliax as a card that that does that. Granted, does more because it's it it, it, yep. work, it can work as removal the same turn it is played. But I think it's okay because it can, it can't go face in a world with magnetize. That's really freaking important. Um, and it's, well, but I think that that's kind of where with the rise of the mechs that could potentially become a problem because before we were playing it on five as just a three, two divine shield with life steal and rush. And we were using it to clear things and it couldn't go face. But now that there are more mechs available on the board, it means that Zilliax's effect could potentially go face if you magnetize it to something else. And it's also going to heal for significantly more than it did before. And so I think that it's worth watching now that mechs are more powerful and snip snaps in the game and, and everything else. And we're actually seeing mech decks and Hunter and Paladin that are making impacts on the ladder. Cause those are the places I think that Zilliax could really be uh, abused as opposed to in the other, like you were saying, it fits really well in along the lines of Tar Creeper and all the other cards that you mentioned. I a hundred percent agree with that. But now that mechs have become more powerful with the buffs I think it's worth watching. And they have said they've kept their eye on it since it was put in the game yeah. because it they, does they, have they such know. a high play. Yeah, it does have such a high play rate. They so know it's a popular card. And But I, I also do think, though, um, like, you know, we, we talk about cards like Dr. Boom and all these things and, like, oh, they're problematic. Uh, uh, there's, there's the counterpoint to all of that where there needs to be powerful cards. Like, you, you need to... You, you want to have the ability to like do something where you're like, bam, dude, got him. Like Zilliax on my pogo hopper. Let's go. Like you, those kind of things need to happen. Right. Otherwise like card games aren't that fun. Like you need to do stuff where you're like, that's super powerful. And I do think that there are certain things like 
Dr. Boom on seven. Now I win. Like that's not as fun as magnetize the Zilliacs to the mech that you left alive. And I'm at four health and now I'm at 16. I think that is cool and fun and should stick around, but you are right. Like that with the mechs becoming as good as they are, it has changed the game when it comes to Zilliacs, right? Like it, it just, is, it just adds another piece of the equation. Yeah. It's something without like, getting buffed. It got buffed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, at the moment, it doesn't seem like the, the worst offender. In this matter. Uh, I know we grayed out our last email, but I would like to just quickly address it because it is, I think an interesting question. Um, just hidden Jester asked about where to find resources for specialists and there aren't any yet. So the best one right now is just go. We, we just, we crapped all over Battlefy earlier, but Hey, go to Battlefy and look up the specialist qualifiers for soul and uh, the ones that happened for Vegas and just click on the winner's name and look at their list. That's basically the resource for specialists right now. Well, I did one tournaments with specialists <laughs> in Battlefy and look at their lists. That's I wish there was a better answer for that, but that's basically what it is right now. Well, I did put a couple of um, I did put a couple of links in the show notes because if you okay. go to Hearthstone Top Decks, uh, they do actually have specialists um, from. They've got like all kinds of stuff from Masters Tour Vegas. So that link is in the show notes. And yep. then there's also, if you go to hearthstone-dex.net, there's also, they do an actual like specialist meta report pulling from all of the qualifiers for Vegas and Seoul. So oh, good. They, okay. they give you- with I, the- I assume we'll get a lot more soon. It's just, it's such an early time. It's very before. early, yeah. People like the pros are still figuring it out. There's This was one of the first tournaments where I saw people actually utilizing their secondary and tertiary decks. Um, and, oh, and the other, the other, uh, place to look is the Hearthstone official site, uh, playhearthstone.com, I think is what it is, right? Because they list the deck lists for all of the, uh, the grandmasters stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's right now we're kind of in the wild west when it comes to specialists. So I just wanted to address that because I think it is a a solid question to ask right now, but we don't need to spend like a million years on it. (laughs) Gotcha. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Thanks again for everybody supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. Again, that is the best way to, to support this program. So if you like what we're doing here on the angry chicken and you want to support it, patreon.com slash TAC head on over there. Also a huge thanks to our producers, Declan H Sean C and cheesy Bob. Thank you very much. You three for supporting the show. The whole back catalog of episodes is over at youtube.com slash a TV. So if you've got some catching up to do head on over there, also find deck lists from previous strategy weeks by going back through there. You can typically find us Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time right here on twitch.tv slash TV. But before we go around the table, Dills, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can check me out on Twitch. I'm twitch.tv slash Willie Dills. And on Twitter, I'm at Willie Dills. Uh, also, we just did the taco. I'm just going to point everybody to, uh, to that. You should go watch it. It was really good. Um, I think you guys announced the winners at the top, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. Here. Okay, good. Uh, Inspire basically played Dog's Lineup. So Dog's Lineup was just good. In every <laughs> weekend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to go watch that VOD if, you, uh, if, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. It's on my, you can find it on my Twitch. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Yep. A lot of fun. Reminder, if you won packs, check your friend requests for oh, requests yeah. from me so I can gift you card packs. Uh, Jocelyn, where can everybody find you? 
You can find me over on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays in both places. I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. It's the third year anniversary. Ooh, so if you guys play, it's yeah. so fun, man. I have been playing like crazy lately. So uh okay. stream for like five or six hours of it last I'm just night. Keep my uh I'm just gonna like keep keep my uh whatchamacallit my steam open so that I get the little <laughs> alert when you yeah. go. Dude, oh man, it's so fun. And there's double XP this weekend or this past weekend that they've extended for a couple more days because of the anniversary. So Ghostface went in today. So you can play the killer from Scream. It's uh yeah, super, super fun. Super, super fun. So yeah, again, twitch.tv slash Jossplay is playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. Get into it. At the end, do you find out there was actually like three of them? And <laughs> they're all very attractive and yeah. high school. Exactly. They, yeah. they, they make a lot of deep cut references to existing horror film tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, folks, I'm Garrett Art on Twitter. You can follow me on there. Listen to me uh, spout nonsense about my opinions about video games. Uh, everything else, thedaymove.tv, still doing Into the Nexus. Uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm is the most uh, still going on dead game I have ever played. You should go check it out. <laughs> it refuses to die. It is the zombie of MOBAs. Um, and uh, just got a big patch today. Big old event happening there. So Into the Nexus is going to have a lot to talk about this Thursday. You should go subscribe to that. You should go subscribe to my solo show, R2T2. Reference to the two R's and two T's in the spelling of Garrett. Uh, wherever podcasts can be found because I have uh, done a couple episodes recently. Everyone was like, hey, what do you feel about your dream game being canceled by Blizzard? There's an episode about that. Everyone's like, hey, what do you, <laughs> hey you're a Star Wars nerd. What, what do you, What's your take on Jedi Fallen Order? I just put an episode out about that. Uh, TLDR, the demo looked terrible, but then all of the interviews came out and they're like, yeah, there's like most of this game that we just decided not to tell you about. So if that sounds interesting that uh, Respawn is advertising their game without telling you what the game is, you should go listen to R2-T2. That's a good episode. Go check it out. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Angry Chicken. Until next time, job's done. Job's done. Job's done. Yes. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Today can go f*** itself. (laughs) 